This is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 93 is brought to us by Bybit. Crypto traders, there is still plenty of time to qualify for the XRP airdrop this month. Uh, volume has picked up quite a bit during this little bull run, and many of you have already qualified for it. But if you haven't, all you have to do is make sure you have or will sign up under my affiliate link down below in the description. Trade more than 10K volume for the month of March, and you are all set. Those of you who qualified for the April airdrop, uh, you could probably go right now to the rewards hub and see if you have won. 20 of you will win a $50 airdrop, and congratulations in advance to all who have. And to all the winners out there, there is no need to thank me. You did all the work, and you also understood that membership has its rewards. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and on the heels of all the bank drama we've had in the United States, uh, crypto really took off this past week, uh, more than I thought it would, actually. We've spoken before that um, Bitcoin is not a safe haven at all, but I think it's just what a lot of people know. Or um, there were a lot of people who were just looking for a reason to buy Bitcoin and then finally had one. Uh, then all of this likely set off a short squeeze and, you know, domino, domino, domino. Uh, but as we are a financial prepping podcast, and we are still right in the middle of what could be a very big banking crisis. Remember I said before, we are closer to it now than we have ever been. And when have you seen three, maybe four at this point, banks just completely collapse in the span of a week? It's never happened not in the United States. And so now it's on everybody's radar, which is exactly what people did not want to see in the banking industry. Like I said before, our entire lives, we were confident that banks in the West would hold our money and keep it safe. And now we no longer are. It's a completely different world. Now, this whole story is still developing. Let's hope it just fades away. I don't think it's going to. Um, but as I also said last episode, I personally use crypto as a separate, uh, quote, bank, independent of the banking system itself. And I'm pretty sure that that is a strategy that the vast, vast majority of my listeners also employ. And while overall safety is fresh on everybody's minds, let's go ahead and take an episode here to talk about the different ways to store our crypto and kind of compare the two. Because I don't think this gets done very often. And I think when it does, you know, information changes so much. A lot of this information is outdated. And when I was doing research for this episode, I found a lot of information that was outdated. Uh, now, before I begin, as I always have to say when I talk about things like this, this is not financial advice. Don't do anything I say. If you make a choice based on something you hear in this episode and your crypto gets wiped out, that was your choice to go that direction. I'm just doing the best I can up here. Uh, so in this episode, we are talking about the differences and the advantages and disadvantages between hot wallets, which are applications on your phone or your desktop, compared to cold storage, uh, which are separate devices that plug into your computer. And I'm going to say right off the bat, both, I think, are good options. Uh, we don't hear about hot wallets as much because there's so much dogma around the whole idea of cold storage. And so people just assume that is the absolute best way to go. So let's go ahead and talk about it and see what we come up with. Um, so first of all, just so everybody's clear, true or false, is your crypto stored in a wallet or on an exchange if you're careless? 
Is that where your crypto is stored? The answer is false. Your crypto, my crypto, everybody's crypto is stored on the blockchain. Wallets just simply give us easy access to it, some easier than others. So with that in mind, we are going to talk about safety for the majority of the remainder of this episode. But first, let's talk about ease of use. Uh, right now, for sure, that is going to tilt towards hot wallets. Uh, we're just not technologically to the point to where cold wallets are anything but a pain in the ass to most people. Uh, but that technology is catching up fast. Uh, hot wallets are extraordinarily easy. That's the whole appeal of them, really. And if I wanted to go buy some crypto right now with a stablecoin on my trust wallet, I could probably go do that in under a minute right there on my phone. So that is one point scored for the hot wallet crowd. Um, but let's really get into really everything else, and that is how it pertains to safety. Like I said, safety is top of mind right now, so while it is, we need to talk about it. Now, one of the biggest points scored here for cold storage is how it does not connect to the internet, does not connect to the blockchain when you are offline with it, which makes you impervious to hacks, something that hot wallets have always been exposed to. Now, you might be saying, didn't Ledger get hacked a while back? Uh, it did, but it wasn't um, a hack to where people went in and stole crypto. It was a data breach. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment, too. Uh, but the crypto in your cold storage, as long as it stays there, is virtually unhackable. Now, on that note, is the risk of being hacked in a hot wallet completely overblown? Um, from the research I've done, it looks like that answer is yes. Um, if you just even type into Google, you know, top uh, hot wallet crypto hacks, or you know, you can word it better than I did, but you're not going to find much. Um, and when you do, you're going to see centralized exchanges wallets getting hacked, not personal users getting hacked. Like if you're the victim of a phishing attack and you're dumb enough to fall for one of those, then that's completely different. All right, we're going we're going to go ahead and assume that you're not susceptible to something like that. And I shouldn't even say dumb. Some pretty intelligent people have actually fallen for those. You know, they're, they're getting more and more sophisticated nowadays. But all things considered, hot wallet attacks have not been very numerous. They have not been overly successful uh, dollar amount wise. And the main targets of these hot wallet attacks are the exchanges themselves, not actual people. And think about it. It does make sense. You know, the security behind Binance's hot wallet is no different than the security behind my, any of my hot wallets. It's all the same. So if you're a hacker and you knew how to hack through it, you know, wouldn't you go after the big pockets? <laughs> you know, just go after the exchange. You know, from a morality standpoint, you'd probably feel a little better about yourself too. You know, because you're stealing from a company and not an actual person. Uh, but the vast majority of wallet hacks have been of that particular variety. Uh, but that, to me, is the biggest vulnerability for having a hot wallet, and I think that fear is overblown. Now let's talk about the, the main fear when it comes to cold storage. And the main fear here, obviously, is losing that physical device and then no longer having access to your crypto. This is also overblown. First of all, people might be thinking all the way back to that story about that kid in Wales who had all that Mt. Gox Bitcoin stored and ended up throwing the device away into a landfill and wasn't able to get it back. Uh, so, so just to be clear, that wasn't 
a cold storage wallet. Now, that was an actual hard drive he had it on, and so that doesn't even apply here. Also, and I didn't know this before I actually you know, sat down and looked it up, but if you were to actually lose your ledger or your treasure or anything like that, as long as you have the seed phrase, you can just buy another one, or you could even go to a hot wallet and just enter the seed phrase, and everything will pop up and be back to normal. Why? Because we store these things on the blockchain, therefore making it real easy. You know, where you store it in this particular situation almost doesn't even matter. You know, so I was always concerned with, okay, if the point of failure is either me or the hot wallet company, I would rather it be them because I've said before, you know, somebody who moves around a lot, you know, I don't own a a home or a car or anything like that. And the amount of watches, sunglasses, headphones, and even computer equipment, the uh, the little uh, dongle that goes into my computer that has the, the theme music to all of my no-nonsense Forex videos, I have lost that. It was in my computer bag for the longest time, and now it's not. Thankfully, I had it stored on uh, Microsoft's cloud service uh, also, so uh, it's not going away. But it just... I always end up losing stuff like that. That's why, one, I never pay a lot of money for any of those things I just talked about. And two, all things considered, I would rather my crypto be stored with someplace like Trust Wallet as opposed to, you know, in my own possession. But it turns out those spheres were a bit overblown. So my overall point with this is you should be safe either way. I think the fears of putting your money in a hot wallet overblown and I've learned that the fear of putting your money in cold storage is also overblown as well. You know, seed phrases, that's a whole other topic. You do whatever you feel like you need to do there. Uh, but that is not what we we're talking about today. Now back to that ledger hack. Uh, here is the one thing that I think would tilt the needle a little bit on the hot wallet side, believe it or not. And that is every time you buy cold storage, your name goes into a database. This does not happen when you download a hot wallet. So for privacy reasons, you're actually better off doing that. This has been a a hot point of contention in some of the forums I'm a part of. And I feel like some of these people who are in these forums are really interested in evading taxes more than anything. And they're complaining about cold storage from this standpoint. And look, when it comes to paying taxes on your crypto. I've said this before, just do it. I know you hate taxes, you might hate your government, or you might hate government overreach. Okay, we all do. But they have the ability to go back and get you years prior. I mean, what, they just got Shakira on unpaid taxes from like back in 2014. You think once they have blockchain people on the IRS, they're not gonna be able to go in and find out what you did five, eight, 10 years ago. You know, they're going to know and they're gonna figure it out very easily. You know, maybe you do get away with it this year, but at some point, you know, it's going to bite you. So please get that idea out of your heads. But uh, another complaint that was going on with cold storage as well is if it becomes a crime to have crypto um, in any country that you either live in or plan on going to, People are worried, this is, this is really kind of conspiracy type stuff, you know, but people are genuinely worried that you won't be able to travel 
with cold storage devices because the TSA or you know customs or whoever is going to be able to identify them and possibly confiscate them. So you guys know I'm a bit of a conspiracy guy myself, if it wasn't already obvious, but even I think this is pretty overblown. But if it's not, and we do end up getting there someday, then that is another feather in the cap for hot wallets, believe it or not. You know, it's nothing more than an app on my phone that I can simply remove and then reinstall later. Uh, But to kind of wrap all this up, the main point is that the fears that are attached to hot wallets and cold wallets both, I think are pretty far-fetched. I think you're good no matter what you do. It's a matter of personal preference. But I will say, and this is branching off what we talked about last week too, if you really want to make sure you're protected, you have to diversify. You have to spread yourself out. I have never had a cold wallet before. You know, it's been all hot wallets for me since day one, but I went ahead and ordered one a few days ago. So now I'm going to have both. And if new fears arise between one or the other, I can simply just move my crypto from one to another. I can move it from hot to cold and then back again. And just like with different bank accounts, I like that diversity. I like that flexibility. I like that measure of safety. And to all you hardcore cold storage maxis out there, you know, maybe you might want to consider a bit of diversity too going the other way. Uh, But no matter what you do, and this is advice that I actually can give, I would say absolutely have more than one device. I wonder how many of you out there only have one. Uh, That, to me, would be absolutely crazy. So don't be crazy. Be safe.